Alrighty, we are back uh, for your favorite podcast of the week. This is Location Weekly, episode number 494. And uh, we're very excited to bring you yet another show. Um, and uh, we've got uh, four great stories that we're going to uh, walk you through uh, this week. But, uh, Ariana, what's going on? You know, just staying busy, uh, getting more and more into this new role that I started about a month ago. And, uh, you know, it's the holidays. So trying to get some shopping done for the family and, um, you know, trying to like encourage the, the giving spirit here. We had giving Tuesday last Tuesday and just trying to, you know, encourage my children that it's not about toys as well as telling them Santa's watching, you know, behave. Yes. All those terrible bribery things that we do as parents but uh, how's it going with you what's new yeah uh, just busy uh you know our contact tracing stuff at uh, ground levels is just taking off uh, we're getting ready to to uh to launch that in uh, in the u.s market as well so that's exciting um and otherwise yeah busy times at home family holidays uh my daughter's applying to universities so i'm i'm you know, going through all of those applications and whatnot. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's always, always stuff, always something going on. So yep. yeah, it's busy. Sure. Um, but yeah, why don't we, let's jump right into, uh, into the stories and, uh, as usual, I'll let you, uh, start us off. All right. So this, uh, first story is actually coming from an Austin, Texas based company. And this company is called Athena. And they are an AI powered search intelligence company. Uh, they've been around since I think 2012, maybe. Um, and you know, this is I like this uh, new product offering that they're bringing to market. This is called Local View, and what it's doing is it's giving brands this complete transparency, as they say, um, on the search advertising landscape across all the different geographies, so all the different like DMAs that could be tied to Nielsen DMA, for example, or different cities um, and regions. And it captures consumer behavior and like competitive strategies. So basically imagine, you know, you are a whatever, you know, you are a pet store and you wanna see what the other pet stores are doing from a local search perspective. Uh, so the clients could see like unique local trends as it pertains to, you know, evaluating performance by location. You could track and act on these competitive moves. Uh, you know, maybe your your competitor is offering some type of a sell or, you know, incentive incentivizing their, their consumers um, to come in. So, you know, one big problem that they're really trying to solve here is that like the new consumer behavior of 2020 and everything that it has changed this year, you know, there's been a drastic shift there. And so being able to find consumers where they are maybe is a little bit harder. Um, you know, from my, from my perspective, this is also simply adding another data layer. You know, I think that even now people are still moving around enough where there is a level of location data and intelligence that's valuable. But I would say that you know, prior to 2020, we were looking a lot at the the basic movements of people tied to device behavior, right? The points of interest they visit, where they go, dwell time, different things like that. And that's been available 
quite widely for a while tied to mobile devices. And there's changes that are happening. One is the user behavior changes, but also, you know, there's the future of like IDFA deprecation, uh, the privacy concerns that are coming into play here. And, you know, all of those things are saying, well, what other, you know, behavioral data can we take at a local level? And we know also that search is super insightful uh, in terms of what people are looking to buy typically right then and there. Um, and so I, I think this is a really powerful uh, type of tool and offering for businesses. And I could see this being used for B2C or B2B, honestly. And you know, just being able to automatically scan, basically what they say is the AI will automatically scan the brand's website and, and their competitors' keywords. Um, and then like once that they create this, what they call a unique whole market view. Um, and then at that point, it just actively gathers data and provides that data back to them on these relevant keywords and any movements that are happening in the market on a daily basis. So, you know, I think this is valuable. I, I believe that the, the transfer and shift in consumer behavior, you know, it may or may not go back to how it was before, even if things happen to go back to whatever normal was, right? Um, it, people have adapted and adopted new uh, behaviors and, and things that are also very convenient for them in terms of like delivery and, um, you know, curbside pickup and all of those things. So I think that there's just a lot of transition that's happening and being able to sort of see that insight from a search perspective, um, I think is highly valuable. So I like the story um, and I like, you know, that we're seeing something exciting come out of Austin again. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, when we can't go to South by Southwest and discover these local companies, you know, uh, at least we can uh, we can uh, highlight them in this way. But uh, yeah, I, I like this, too. I think it's uh, it's an interesting approach. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of artificial intelligence applied to location data. Obviously, that's what we do at ground level uh, uh, as well, uh, but in a completely different way. And I think looking at uh, trying to identify trends in local search and patterns and, and comparing, you know, what you're doing to what your uh, local competitors are doing, I think is incredibly valuable right now. And especially when you're in a, in tough times like COVID, uh, you know, has, has delivered to many businesses, uh, you know, where foot traffic is down across the board, you know, finding ways to understand, um, you know, what, what people are looking for, and where they're going and how you can kind of leverage that data to slowly you know bring that traffic back uh whether that's physically uh to a place or 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 to your online presence or you know takeout or delivery if you're in the restaurant space or what have you um i think uh it's smart and and you know having the engine just analyze you, you know that that content based on those keywords and things like that i think makes a ton of sense I mean, in a way, like we do something similar at ground level, um, you know, not so much from from this kind of data side, but like uh, on the social side, you know, we look at the the, the geo metadata in posts, uh, you know, that people are making on platforms like Twitter and so on, and then uh, try to um, kind of represent that around, uh, you know, the within a defined radius or geofence around a particular. Uh, business that is our client's location and things like that. So I think everybody's kind of really looking right now for, okay, hey, we're struggling, traffic's down. How do we find new customers? How, how do we find and bring back customers that, you know, have disappeared or aren't coming out right now? You know, what are they looking for? How do we tune and optimize the messaging uh, and the ad targeting and so on? So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think it, uh, it makes a ton of sense and I like that they're using AI to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, 
parse through the data and come up with those, uh, those recommendations. So there you go. All right, our second story. Um, so going over to a pretty established uh, player in our uh, location-based marketing ecosystem world, AdSquare uh, has launched a, a new um, offering called Audiences in Motion. And uh, it's a basically um, a platform where you can action on pre-bid uh, API integrations that are tied into DSPs. Um, and if you're not familiar with AdSquare, so they're a mobile audience data company with SDK derived uh, movement data. Um, and what they're doing here is they're connecting those audience segments to country specific geometries around out of home uh, billboard and, and, and digital out of home display uh, locations. And so, um, you know, what they're trying to do here with this audience's motion piece is to understand you know, which parts of the cities uh, are most visited, when and by whom, um, you know, and, and basically helping you have that sort of real-time data to know where to target or which out-of-home displays to take advantage of and things like that. Um, so it's, it, it's about contextual targeting based on the data. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's not more complicated than that. There's, I think the interesting thing is, is that in this space, in this out-of-home location data mashup space um, you know we've covered what maybe a dozen companies over the last year who've done a lot of work in measurement and attribution around the effectiveness of that those out-of-home ads and what i like about this story is it's it's on the other side right it's about where should i be placing the out-of-home ads how do i optimize what i'm delivering in a lot of ways like what we just talked about with athena as well in terms of just knowing you know, in a time where times are tough and budgets are limited or, or being extremely conservative on what we're spending, conserving cash flow and so on, you know, you need to get smarter. You need to get, you know, uh, more, you know, optimal uh, return on what you're putting out there than maybe you even did before. And so this is really looking at how you can do that in the out-of-home side using, you know, this kind of real-time location data. And then, of course, on the other side, some of those other companies we've talked about over the last year, you know, can help you measure whether it's actually working um, and so on. But uh, I like it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I like this. I think this is an it, it's nice that it's baked into their current offering um, and clients don't have to go out elsewhere and layer and, you know, more vendors for this. I think it is valuable. And I do agree that I, I believe that there is more power and understanding the audience um, or the context of a location frequently prior to running a campaign versus um, even maybe post attribution, right? I think it's it's a little harder because of the reach you're going to see, um, and and it, and it's a you know I think it's a difficult time in in the footfall attribution space. Uh, I think that data was never as high as it needed to be for it to be a very useful tool all the time um, in terms of like, how do I actually base uh, decision-making um, for media spend on footfall attribution moving forward whenever I'm only able to, you know, see footfall attribution for maybe like 5% um, because the location data is just not available. So I think that this is a better, uh, it, it gives a better understanding as to what you should be placing where uh, beforehand and making sure that your spend has the best chance um, before, you know, the spending all the extra on the back end from measurement. So I like this approach. I think that it's valuable. Uh, I like the ease of use. I think that it will be, you know, it will be uh, 
picked up pretty quickly by existing clients. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I expect to see more and more, you know, features like this coming out. And, you know, I think players in the any location space are just trying to figure out what they have that's proprietary. Uh, and maybe like what's not going to be impacted by some of the technology changes that are that are going to be presenting themselves soon. So um, it's going to be, you know, an interesting year coming up uh, for for more reasons than just, you know, hopefully exiting a pandemic. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting just to see how how this industry uh, shapes and changes and and who sticks around, um, you know, with some of these these uh challenges on, on the cusp here. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's going to be, we're not quite at our prediction show yet for the year. Uh, but, uh, it'd be interesting to see what, uh, what your predictions are for next year, Aubrey, in terms of who's not going to be around. Yeah. Um, we'll have to put that on the list. Well, um, all right. So let's move to something kind of fun. And there is a new location based game called Brett crumbs. And this app is, um, is from Anthology, which is a marketing communications agency that's based in Singapore. And it's bringing users this gamified experience. It's incentivizing them to discover or rediscover places, you know, while learning through different uh, interactive quizzes and games and level up and earn rewards, all those different things, right? So their vision really is to change the way that people experience places. Now, I know not that long ago on the show, we were just talking about um, a new kind of, you know, out there idea from, I think it was Foursquare. That's trying to also change the way that people experience places. Not sure on how much adoption, you know, something like that's going to get, but we're, you know, this is a little bit of a different, um, I think, play here that they're focusing on three main areas that this app will, will be used and that will be to explore, learn and earn rewards, right? So, you know, you think about the way that you maybe experience a place that either you are visiting or somewhere that you've been before, but you sort of want to have like this new experience um, and, and new information finding, fact finding, but in a fun um, and recreational way, right? So really they are starting right now with a partnership with Singapore's wildlife reserves and they, their campaign is Wild About Twilight and it's promoting their night safari which kind of sounds fun and scary all at the same time. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like Halloween, well, you know, you activities. Huh? Would you take your girls on, on this? I don't know. I mean, I need to know, like, what, is there, like, cages? Like, are there, like, separation between us and the animals? If so, yeah, I'm, I'm game. But <laughs> uh, safari usually makes me think of, like, being, like, out in the wild and in the open with the animals, which I, yeah, I think that that's, like, just uh, sounds like the 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 basis of a like really bad movie um <laughs> so what they have though is they have like for exploring this um you know night safari they have this gps functionality that they've built in and they have four different trails that it can take you on and for learning they've encompassed like 20 different points of interest where they can engage through you know special qr codes or you know special discoveries through uh, augmented reality that they have at these different sites and then they're allowing consumers who are visiting to get rewarded. So they can answer quizzes, um, they can get like some enamel pin, or they can um, 
you know, uncover special discoveries. They also are gamifying this where you can compete with friends. So there's like a competition leaderboard, you know, learning, you can earn extra points, all these different things. Um, and they're running this through December 27th. So, you know, if you're in Singapore and you can get to the wildlife reserves, let us know how this experience is. Um, so, you know, what's funny is when I read this story, it reminded me of, of these conversations that my husband and I had years ago, where this was like pre, almost pre glimpse offering when we had talked about like breadcrumbs, how something like this is so necessary whenever you're going to a concert or a venue or a park or something, and you want to leave a trail of, you know, where you are, where you're going so that people can easily find you. Um, so I like the name of this app. First of all, I think that, you know, it's really interesting. So I'm definitely inclined to like this. And I also like the idea of making a visit, you know, something that I would say is more educational, right? Making it more interactive. So you're drawing in those, those, you know, Pokemon loving crowds. You are also uh, blending the virtual with the physical in this like learning environment. Um, and, you know, the gamified piece of it is also fun. So I think this is really fun. I could see doing this, you know, as a young, like, if I didn't have kids, I think this would be really much more exciting just because like stopping to interact with your phone and your friends can be a little bit difficult with young ones. But like your kids are old enough where you could go and do this with them. And it seems like it would be a really fun experience. And I, you know, Pokemon is not really something I want to go and do, but if it's like learning and interacting at the same time, it sounds like a, you know, a great experience. Um, so yeah, that's my take. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I quite like it. I, I love the name. I think it's, you know, the, the game mechanics of it are super interesting. Um, I like that they're incorporating augmented reality, which we know is, is becoming, you know, quite popular in QR codes uh, into it. I think the one thing that I would, want to see uh, that I like haven't seen in, in the description of it is is some incorporation in addition to the AR and the QR pieces of it uh, to have some sort of location-based audio uh, elements where you know when you stop and you you scan and you you learn and so on maybe you're getting the sounds of you know those animals or, or whatever else that, that's kind of brought into it uh, as well so some sort of you know additional sensory uh, component I think could be quite interesting but I love the idea of creating these different trails and taking people through these experiences. I mean, I could see every zoo, every, you know, theme park, you know, uh, type of uh, experience, um, you know, incorporating this type of, uh, of a platform into what they're doing. So I could see a, like a, a, all kinds of use cases for this. And um, the fact that there's like incentives and a reward kind of aspect to, to it as well, I think is interesting because, you know, like here, for example, in Toronto, you know, where we have the, the Toronto Zoo, which is the largest zoo in, in the country and one of the largest in the world. You know, I, I, you know, been there lots of times over the years with my family and, um, you know, it's a huge property and you're wandering around and you're trying to get from one area to another area and to see, you know, whatever animal that you're going to go see. But like, it'd be great if you were like sort of on this um, expedition, right? You were on this um, uh, trail that you were following digitally and that there was things to do along the way and things, you know, that you can get rewarded for. Maybe by the time you completed your whole day of going around the zoo, you know, that reward, uh, rewards that you collected turned into some kind of coupon or discount at the gift shop or, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That could be super interesting, I think. Um, 
so I, I think there's a lot of potential for these types of, uh, of platforms. Um, and, and even uh, potentially in addition to the audio piece, you know, I would look at maybe some way to kind of share content on social uh, for the, uh, the business, um, you know, or, or the, you know, the, the property or the zoo or the whoever to create content, um, which I think could be really interesting as well. Um, sort of, you know, bringing that user, bringing that consumer into the experience uh, and continuing it on uh, in the social uh, universe could, could be a, a good piece as well. So, but I like it overall. Yeah, it's like an right. adult scavenger hunt almost. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, all right, final story for this week. So moving back over to stateside here, um, Clark County, Las Vegas uh, has launched a new app. It's called the Fix It Clark County app. And basically it's a location-based uh, tool that lets residents easily report on issues of, uh, you know, concerning issues where they, uh, through their address or by dropping a pin from their current location, they can upload pictures and descriptions of things that they're concerned about. So for example, you know, let's say there's a pothole uh, or graffiti that they found or a street light that's out or whatever the case might be, um, you know, they can report these things in a geotagged, um, you know, framework through this app. And, you know, I assume like a lot of municipalities, like here in Toronto, for example, uh, you know, we have the government open data uh, platforms where, you know, you can build things and, and push data in and out uh, to the city. Uh, so I assume they're using that type of a, of a framework to layer this app on top of. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not complicated. Uh, and I think it's just sort of uh, using, you know, modern technology, using apps, using location data, to get the citizens to do the work um, and, and have an easy way to make that, uh, put that on the radar of, of the municipal, uh, you know, government officials that can actually get those those issues resolved. Um, I know many years ago, uh, in the early days of the Location-Based Marketing Association, we um, we were connected to a, uh, a group in Boston uh, who had built an app called Bump. And what it was doing was, um, you know, so cons the consumer public would download this app. And it was one of the very first uh, apps that I had ever seen that were leveraging the sensors in a mobile device. And so what it did was, is you would just be driving around um, in your car and you'd have your phone obviously uh, beside you. And um, this app would be, be running in the background. And what it would do is, is using the gyroscope uh, and, and the compass uh, in the in the phone in the smartphone, um, it, as your car was driving, if you hit a pothole or a bump in the road, it would basically measure that that quick little displacement, um, uh, you know, using using the uh, the sensors. And, and so basically, you know, you just had to drive around. You didn't even have to report anything. It would automatically be uh reporting in these uh you know these these potholes essentially that you were driving over um you know by measuring that change in amplitude um that was going on that was being fed automatically through the app into the city's uh, systems so that's an even more automated way to, to go about it uh, now that's specific to potholes it doesn't cover all these other issues but um you know i i, I like when when municipal governments kind of really engage the citizenry with uh, with technology like this and give them a platform to communicate and share their concerns so uh, I, I quite quite like it I think it's it, it's a good uh, a good innovation for them your thoughts 
I'm going to go in a little bit different direction here. And uh, I was, I was uh, like expecting a little bit more when I heard fix it Clark, you know, besides the county point, I was thinking more of like a Christmas vacation, you know, Clark and the Clark Griswold. And I think that was just right. the top of my mind since um, our buddy Ron Carriker was posting some, some uh, Instagram footage of him checking out that movie. So maybe that was on my mind, but <laughs> besides that disappointment that it has nothing to do with Christmas vacation, I would say that this is, you know, like, I, like you said, uh, there's not really a whole lot to add. This is valuable. You know, um, there's, I, I find that there's been times where I want to also like alert the city of, you know, where we are here that like, Hey, there's something wrong with this place at the park or the water fountain's not working or you know you've got a mess in, in this you know place that needs to be cleaned up or whatever it may be or something that's a safety hazard that you notice so I I think that being able to have you know if it is a monitored channel I think it could be super valuable I think that the challenge has been that you know there's a lot of like options for communicating with municipalities there's Facebook messenger Facebook pages there's, uh, you know, Twitter, there's Nextdoor. And what I've found, you know, throughout my experience here is that not a lot of them are, you know, are monitored or regulated, and there's just not a lot of community involvement. So I think if you can drive the adoption as a, as a county, that's the biggest challenge. Um, but I think it, you know, once you have adoption, getting people to participate and complain about things is never a challenge, right? <laughs> no, so, never <laughs> complaints for sure. Yeah. So you might even be able to get an older generation on this because, you know, they maybe sometimes like to complain a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, I like this. And I think that it's great to see, uh, you know, cities thinking about from a smart city perspective, like what can we do to enable people to provide reports and make it easy and potentially even make it anonymous, right? Yeah. And, and I think to your point, I, like there are way, other ways to do this with Facebook, Nextdoor, et cetera, that you've pointed out. But but I think the key is, is I think you, you can have a lot more success in getting results when you're, you know, the data is going right into the city's systems. Right. Um, you know, directly as opposed to mm -hmm. having people have to sit there and monitor for, you know, posts on Facebook or, or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, so so, you know, I think. Every city, every government should be, you know, trying to make, you know, open data uh, platforms available and building applications on top of them, you know, and obviously this isn't the only, uh, you know, aspect of that. I mean, there's ways to, you know, leverage these types of things for, you know, driver's license renewals and, you know, uh, you know, citizen uh, services, passports, all sorts of other things that can be done. Um, you know, as well. Uh, but this is just an obvious easy one that uh, I think any city can really kind of uh, jump on board with. So yeah, so that's it. That's our, our show for this week. You've been listening to episode number 494 of Location Weekly. Uh, we thank you again for your time, uh, for tuning in. Please give us some uh, likes and stars and feedback, good or bad. Uh, we like it. Uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us. Uh, we're always interested to see what's going on around the world um, and trying to, uh, you know, give our opinions, whether you want them or not, uh, on it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, have a great week, everybody, and be well. Bye.